if you're uncomfortable asking your clients for additional work or for a connection, whatever it might be, admit it. This is the Authority Builder Podcast. This is the place to come if you're building a professional practice and you want to be seen as the leader in your market. We're going to interview the top experts throughout professional services, and we're going to share insights with you to help you grow your firm and be positioned as the only choice that clients ever want. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and we've got a very special interview for you today. Uh, Today's episode is part of our series uh, specifically for attorneys. If you're not an attorney, that's okay. Listen up. There's going to be some good stuff here for you too. But this is really specifically for the attorneys in the audience. And we've got a whole series on helping you build your practice and scale beyond just you. So if you're looking to build your practice and create some freedom in your firm, then you're going to want to stay tuned. Today, I am interviewing somebody who is an absolute expert at helping attorneys do just that. His name is Steve Fretzen, and Steve is 100% dedicated to coaching highly ambitious attorneys. I love that. Highly ambitious attorneys. I've never met a highly ambitious attorney. Have you? They're everywhere. Um, and he helps them achieve control and freedom in their legal careers. And uh, and so we're going to share some resources later that that Steve shares. Uh, but you know his tagline is that there's an awful lot that lawyers don't learn in uh, you know in law school, including business development, a whole bunch of other things. And he's here to help you be that lawyer to be competent, organized, and be a skilled rainmaker. So. Steve Fretz, and let's get into it. Welcome to the Authority Builder Podcast. Hey, thanks, Steve. Really happy to be here. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun uh, because I know you've got a very unique approach to business development in the legal industry for for law firms. So, uh, before we get into that, give everybody a little bit of background. How did you get to to this stage where you you become this expert? Yeah, so it's it was kind of a roundabout way to do it. I I grew up with a with a perfectionist lawyer father, and never really was interested in in dealing with lawyers or the law. But um, found myself on the cross every day as a teenager, getting grilled about everything from homework to you know uh, you know what what was I doing when I was out with my friends. And um, but I ended up in a sales career and really moving up the food chain of sales jobs. I ended up meeting a coach and really having a an epiphany working with a sales coach on my own sales and decided that I wanted to be a coach myself and, and and teach sales. But the thing that I hated about sales, Steve, was how salesy it is. And the fact that, you know, we're not living in the 70s where there was no information and and you had to just take people's word for it. And, you know, snake oil salesmen were everywhere. And um, it was really a time of technology and information. And, and so um, what I realized was that I didn't like being sold to. I didn't like selling others. And so I came up with a, a proprietary methodology for um, helping to walk buyers through buying decisions instead of selling called sales free selling. And I did that uh, from 2004 to 2008, primarily focused on entrepreneurs. They were having massive results and success going out and building business without ever having to sell. Okay. Just building relationships, asking great questions, qualifying and moving someone through a buying decision. And ultimately it's the decision of the buyer, but when you do it the right way, the answer is yes, let's move forward. Or the answer is no, let's not. And you're not wasting any time and you're getting to the to the good stuff. And I started working with lawyers in 2008 when the recession hit and one lawyer turned to two, two to four, then a firm, then another, and it just got out of hand. And within about 16 months, I had about 85% of my total business was lawyers and law firms. 
And uh, I just decided here I am teaching lawyers every day how to specialize and how to grow business. And I hadn't pushed my chips in on specializing myself. And I made an effort to say, hey, look, you know, here's an industry that really needs a lot of help. Uh, while there are some some folks doing well with business development and, and growing their law practices, many are just doing it through sheer effort and force and luck and, and just winging it. And they don't have a methodology, especially one that's sales free. And so I inserted that into, into, the, into the space from 2008, 2009. And ever since I've been working exclusively with lawyers and I actually gave up working with law firms, Steve, because I really wanted to focus on individual highly motivated and ambitious attorneys. And some of the uh, law firms I was working with, they wanted me to help their problem children. They wanted me to help their toughest cases. And while I have a couple of coaches that I'm friends with that enjoy that kind of thing, uh, you know, I don't like the glassy eye, deer in the headlights, you know, you know, where they're just missing classes and missing meetings and I got to pull teeth to get them to come. I said, I'd rather work with people that are already kind of halfway there and then I can take them to the next level. And so uh, I've really been doing two things uh, and that is uh, working with lawyers to help them develop uh, their books of business and really get into be business development and marketing assassins. The other thing I do is I run currently five peer advisory roundtables exclusively for high performing lawyers. And that's been really, really fun because lawyers sometimes feel like they're on an island and this that gives them an opportunity outside of their firm to really, you know, uh, collaborate in a confidential environment with other highly motivated, successful attorneys. It's been a, it's been an absolute blessing and, and a blast. Yeah. Peer, peer groups are awesome. I want to come back to that in a minute, but first I want to, I want to talk a little bit about business development and why that tends to be an area that, that attorneys struggle in. What, what do you think is the, the block most of the time you're talking well, about I very intelligent people? Yeah, but I think we're also talking about people like, like doctors that are in a very noble and professional you know, so, so professional. In fact, they, you know, they have the ARDC and they have regulations, whereas many industries don't. And so they're, they're going through law school and they're kind of put up as on a pedestal that, you know, they're there to change the world. And they are, I'm not going to argue that point, but when you think about, you know, law and you think about sales, right. If we can use that dirty word sales, um, lawyers, it, it is beneath them. And, and, you know, I find it's beneath everybody at this stage. Nobody wants to be sold to, as I mentioned. But I think that there's a block in, in I, look, I didn't become a lawyer to become a salesman. That's number one, right? And I don't think that, I don't think that's, that's outrageous to say. The other is that there's a lot of, you know, things about sales that are uncomfortable. Rejection is uncomfortable, uh, right? I mean, nobody likes to be rejected. And, and, you know, when, when you're talking to someone, they say no, right? I know like in high school and college, I was really, really afraid of rejection in a different way. So, you know, I think that's a part of it. And then it's just, you know, they, they enjoy practicing the law. They don't want to go out and network and invest all this unbillable time in something that just seems like it may be unfruitful. So there's a lot of different reasons. And it, it, in many cases with people that come up in law firms, they're, they're not told to go out and get business right until they get into partner equity. And they're like, oh, by the way, now you have to go bring in business. So they're like, well, I don't know how to do that. I was never taught that. I, I, how do I go even start? And so there's a definite disconnect when a lot of fear involved in lawyers that, you know, come to the realization that the key to success as a lawyer used to be being a great lawyer. And that still is true. The other side of it is you also have to have your own clients 
to build your own business of clients so that you have the autonomy, you have the freedom and the and the control in your career that other lawyers don't have or lawyers generally don't have when they're doing everyone else's work. So there's a bunch of things going on right now that have made the last 10 or 15 years really fruitful for the lawyers that have decided that business development is a key priority. So when you're working with an attorney, what are some of the more common blocks that you see uh, when it comes to business development? What what tends to get people stuck? Sure, sure. So number one is most lawyers, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're just out there winging it. They know they have to do business development, but they're just out, you know, hamster on a wheel, just going out, just running as fast as they can, trying to get business in the door when in fact they're not using any methodology. They're not, there's no plan. There's no written plan. There's no direction. They don't have an infomercial to even say, when someone says, what do you do? They say, well, I'm a lawyer. I work at this firm. I do this, I do this, I do this. And at that point, everybody's checked out. So I think there's a there's a, a problem with planning and not having any methodology, number one. Number two is that you have to have a certain um, a level of positive energy and positive attitude to go out and meet people and, and, and be um, curious about them and to have an understanding of what other people are looking for. And if you help other people, then this is a networking credo, but you help another help other people get what they want, you can get what you want. And so they're not thinking strategically about how to help others. For example, in networking, that's a huge aspect of how to be successful at networking. And again, they're not taught this. So they're just going out there just trying to, you know, sheer force and effort to make it happen when in fact there's specific systems and methodologies that they haven't learned that would change everything. Um, it's like, for example, Steve, if I walk into a courtroom as a non-lawyer and I start addressing the judge and the jury and talking to my client, I mean, I'm probably going to get thrown in jail or I'm going to, I'm going to have a really bad outcome. So I need to go to law school. I need to have experience in a courtroom. I need to have a good mentor to be successful as a lawyer in business development. They're not necessarily looking for coaches and mentors and help systems. So they're just out there doing it on their own, which is again, probably a big misstep. Yeah. And, and so my background is, is engineering similar. You know, I came up through a lot of education and then came out into the world and all of a sudden I've got to go and develop new business with yeah. zero training. Right. So I can relate. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I started the, you know, our, our current company is to help other professionals overcome that um, because I've been there and, and been through it. Everybody's taught to go network. Nobody is taught what that means. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in my experience is go out, get on a charity committee or two, hope that you're on the right one and you're kind of rubbing elbows with the right people. Maybe it's go to some, you know, business networking events, things like that. But there's rarely ever kind of a purpose to it other than go be seen in a lot of places where hopefully a client lands. So as you're taking someone out of that mode of just kind of random networking and putting them into something more specific, are there two or three keys that we could share with the audience that you're always kind of looking to, to guide that client into? Yeah, I mean, I'm putting lawyers into actual classes with other lawyers from around the country and all different practice areas to work on learning the skills of how to be an effective networker, how to leverage LinkedIn, how to um, leverage, for example, this is like, uh, you know, a no brainer, but there are lawyers that have, you know, dozens or even hundreds of clients that that think they're the best lawyer that's ever, you know, come across their path and they're not getting referrals from those clients because 
Well, they're already getting business from those clients. And so what are you going to ask? You're going to you know, ask and have the chance of rejection. So even something as simple as coming up with specific steps and language to get a client that thinks you're terrific to refer you more business or to refer you GCs or COs that would potentially double your business in a year or in a couple of years. And they're not doing it because they just don't know how they don't feel comfortable. And so there's there's things that I'm working with lawyers on, again, around planning, around finding where the low hanging fruit is. I was talking to a lawyer this morning, for example, where, you know, he has all the clients he needs. He doesn't, he can network till he's blue in the face. Okay. At the end of the day, all the business he'll ever need is right in front of him. And it's almost like he's got a, like a table loaded with stacks of hundred dollar bills up to the ceiling, like a million dollars. Okay. And he's just walking around it all day, you know, meeting strangers and, and going out and spinning his wheels and networking events. And yes, I could train him to do that better and to become, you know, in a, a very effective networker. But why, why, I mean, we're going to learn that, but why not focus on the clients that already know you, like you think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You just have to get them to help to, to send more people your way. And the way they have to think about it is like, if I was the top brain surgeon in the world, but no one knew about me or no one was talking about me, that's a problem. Like I'm saving lives, but nobody's sending me stuff. Lawyers need to have a mindset that they're the best lawyer to solve problems and they need to be a little more proactive to get that brand and that knowledge out there with their clients that yes, they're open for business, other friends, GCs, no GCs, CEOs, no CEOs. Why wouldn't you wanna share the best lawyer you know with someone that that is gonna thank you for it? So there's some mindset shifts, there's some systems and process shifts, uh, but ultimately it takes a real commitment. I'll tell you a question I ask every single lawyer that I talk to is, look, I can help you with X, Y, and Z. Are you 100% committed to investing your time, money, and energy to learn and execute on business development right now? Because if the answer is no, or I'm not sure, or maybe not, I'm I'm out, like right off the bat. You know, there's a coach and there's a player. And if the player isn't going to play, then the coach is not not worth much, right? I need to have both parties in. I need to partner. It's like uh, uh, any, any, any coach working with an athlete or a sports team. That athlete's not going to play, then what are we doing here? Right. So I think there's a number of elements around around attitude, around confidence that can be increased through understanding how how simple this can be. And the last book I wrote out of the four, Steve, and you're a big book guy, right? But is uh, legal business development isn't rocket science. So I'm not teaching rocket science. I'm teaching blocking and tackling systems and methods to get business in the fastest possible way. But it still takes an effort and time to learn and, and execute. Yeah, it's it's funny. I you talk about this picture of the table with the million dollars of hundred dollar bills, the the tendency I think for human beings is always want, wanting to do what's next. Okay. I did this. That's done. Now I want to do what's next. In fact, I have a, a call a little later today with one of our clients who happens to be an attorney. And my message to that client is what you're doing is working really, really well. Let's not think about anything else. Let's just double down on what's already working. Yeah. And and continue. And I think, you know, the natural tendency is give me the new strategy. So I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. I think most people, particularly in the professions, when you tend to work with a lot of clients, you know, you maybe don't see them all every year or every month or every quarter, but you have generally a pretty big bank of clients that you've worked with. And we tend to forget the ones that aren't active at the moment. And there's a huge source of revenue, both re-engaging 
those clients for new things and and going back to them for uh, for referrals, like you say. And, and I'm so glad you brought that up. I think that's really important for everybody to kind of keep in mind. Well, I, I can take it one step further, Steve, if it's helpful. And that is, I'll share with you just some basic language that I teach that I think is really helpful to lawyers that have the clients and have the relationship, the friendship. They've been doing work for years. You know, my father was so well liked and trusted as a lawyer that he would he would do eulogies for his clients when they would pass. They'd request wow. that. Okay. Um, he was beloved. I mean, I've got stories that I tell him because he does, he's 88. He doesn't remember all the stories, but I have stories about him that he can't believe, you know, are, are happening. But when you're fearful about asking your clients for things, um, there's a couple of approaches that I teach. I'll just go through them real quickly, if that's okay. That's great. Um, so number one is what I call the quid pro quo, which is offering to help your clients with things outside of the law. So your CEO client may need a new CFO, your CEO client may need a new marketing agency. So to say, you know, hey, John, um, look, you know, outside of the the day-to-day, you know, law talk that we have, you know, I'd love to be a resource for you. I've got, you know, tons and tons of of great contacts. and, And, you know, what can I help you with? What outside of the law can I help you with? And whatever that person says, you might be in a position to help or at least search for some help. And then once that's through, you could say, and, you know, by the way, you know, you may or may not know this, but, you know, I'm always looking to add value to me and to the firm as it relates to working with more interesting clients like yourself. Maybe there's some things you haven't thought about that I can help some of your CEO friends with. Is that something you'd be open to talking about? So it's it's giving first and then asking second and then making it permission-based so that it's not something that you're demanding. It's something that you're saying, are you okay with this? And of course, they're going to say yes. The second approach is really that what I call, this is a stupid name, but it's stupid because it's easy to remember and it's called happy, happy. So the idea that I could say to you, Steve, you know, Steve, hey, you know, we've been working together for a long time. You've told me on a number of occasions how happy you are with the services I've been providing and the success we've had together. And I just wonder if there's other CEOs like you that I should be talking to to help with, you know, with the kinds of services I provide. Now, again, if that's something you're open to, you know, having maybe a five or 10 minute conversation about it, you know, when we get together for lunch next week. Okay. So now there's another approach where you're saying, look, you're happy. I could probably help some people, you know, to be happy. Can we talk about that now for the lawyers that are listening right now and going, I don't see myself saying either of those. I have a fallback. The fallback is called okay, not okay. And essentially If I tell my wife I'm not, or my wife observes, for example, that I'm not feeling well, I've got the sniffles and I'm coughing and she goes, honey, are you okay? I go, no, I'm really not feeling well. She says, can I make you some tea? That's a simple, okay, not okay. I'm not okay. Good people. My wife is a wonderful person, you know, would then offer me the tea. All right. So that's, that's simple, simple um, psychology 101. All right. So if you're uncomfortable asking your clients for additional work or for a connection, whatever it might be, admit it. Just say, you know, Steve, look, you know, there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. I have to tell you, I'm super uncomfortable with this entire conversation, but I am making an effort this year to, you know, try to, you know, be a leader at my firm. And I was hoping that, you know, since you're so well connected, you might be open to talking about some other CEOs like yourself that I, I, you know, should be talking to and helping the same way I've been helping you the last number of years. But if that's something that you don't want to talk about, I would totally understand. Now, a client that thinks you're great and a client that that knows you do the best work in town, what is that client going to say? Go screw yourself, right? 
No, the client's going to fall all over you to help you and to try to connect you. So it could be, you know, that that's one of maybe five or six steps that I teach, but those are some key language barriers that lawyers don't ask because they don't have the proper language and a proper approach that's going to be effective and avoid, you know, maybe rejection or avoid it just going on deaf ears. I love that. all three approaches. I think work really, really well, but I love the last one because it, it really removes all the barriers, right? Um, you know, it allows the person who's not really comfortable asking to be open and honest about that. If you have a relationship with your client, they're going to be okay with that. They're yeah. going to welcome that, you know? And yeah, I can see that working just incredibly well. In fact, I might, I might default to that. Yeah. It's, it's, because... I would say do it. I'd say do it with integrity, meaning, but, but yeah. the good news is most people, 90%, 80% of attorneys and, you know, that are un, unsure about how to approach or uncomfortable approaching it is, you're just being honest. As long as it's done with honesty and integrity, it's an excellent approach and it works. Well, it's, it's very disarming. Yeah. You no, know, it and it it takes all the pressure out of the situation for everyone. I think. Um, you know, uh, we we've talked before. I've I've spent an awful lot of time writing about different approaches for referrals, and one of the things that I always stress to anyone that I'm coaching through that is, you've got to figure out how to align interests, right? And you've got to make it easy for the person who's making the referral to get something out of that. And it might just be increased social capital. It might just be feeling good about helping you, but they've got to get something out of it. And really what you're talking about there is getting them kind of on your side where they can, they can sort of help you achieve something because they like you. And, uh, and so I, it's just a really powerful way to approach that. So, yeah, I love that. Um, so you mentioned earlier in, in our conversation peer groups, and I want to come back around to that because I have spent years in peer groups, you know, working with other business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, depending on the type of peer group and who was in there. And really, I, what I discovered over the years is that every time I made an investment in a peer group, that my income jumped. And I want to learn a little bit about your experience in running the peer groups. I've not been on that side of it. I've always been the participant side where, it's, you know, it's just been such an effective way to hold myself accountable to be able to go and, and, you know, share what's going on in the practice with other people who actually understand what it's like being on that side, but do it in a way that's confidential and that, you know, kind of feels safe to, to share some of that. So talk a little bit about the peer groups you're running and, and why you think they're so powerful for attorneys. Yeah, I appreciate the question. The, the key thing for me is um, I'm working with, again, a very similar breed of attorney, meaning someone that has already been successful, whether they learned it from me or not, at business development, marketing, branding. So they have, they have value and a motivation to continue. They have a value to bring to a group. They're not just there to soak up information and take. They're there to take and give and make it more like a family. So everyone that I talk to about these groups I, uh, I have an evaluation that I put them through to identify that, you know, they are, in fact, a rainmaker or a strong business developer. They are committed to that growth and continuing that journey. 
um, that they're a good person, that they're going to fit. I don't want to put, you know, a rotten, a rotten, you know, apple in the, in the barrel. So we have to make sure that everybody that's in there is going to get along and really respect and appreciate and enjoy the other members. It only takes one bad member to, to ruin it for everybody. So I've been very fortunate that I've yet to find a bad apple. Everyone that I've brought in has been amazing. Um, but again, it starts with the fact that they all have this super positive attitude about business development being one of the key elements to successful um, success in law. And many of the folks that I bring in are managing partners and law firm leaders. So while our emphasis is growth and their individual books of business, you know, we have to talk about automation technology. We have to talk about culture and hiring and firing and and how to, you know, maintain and retain people. We have to talk about you know, the operational side too, because it, for many of them, without that humming along in a, in a positive way, then it makes it very challenging to get out and do the business development and, and all that. But there's a level of confidentiality of sharing their numbers and where they're looking to go, the accountability, they come to every meeting uh, ready to share uh, what they did in the previous uh, month since the last meeting and uh, and be held accountable to achieve goals, not by me as their coach, but I'm facilitating them in a group where they are responsible to each other. And there's something about that, like, uh, you know, having a workout buddy or like I show up, I've been doing uh, Pilates now for almost six months. I'm not doing Pilates if I have, you know, a, a piece of equipment in my home. That's called a dusty, expensive coat rack, you know. <laughs> but if I have to go, right, if I have to go and show up at a class with a teacher that I've paid for and I know that, that, you know, every time I show up, I'm going to leave feeling great. Well, that's why I've been going. And that's why I'll continue to go. And by the way, I'm I'm 50, almost 53 years old and I'm playing the best. I'm, I'm in some ways the best, um, the best athlete I've, I maybe I've ever been at a certain sport I'm playing called platform tennis or paddle tennis, which no one down South knows about because it's a, a Midwest East coast sport. Um, <laughs> you guys can look it up on YouTube called platform tennis, paddle tennis anyway, but I'm playing it at the highest level I've ever played. And I owe it to Pilates. So you know, these these groups were designed to uh, to help people perform at the highest level and uh, and getting ideas from others that are successful is is just it's for me as someone who kind of has all the answers. And, and, and I'm not saying that as, a, as an ego, like I've been doing this a long time in law. I mean, I'd love for someone to give me some problems I haven't seen or heard. But the reality is I've seen them all and heard them all. So I have generally you know, good answers, but I'm keeping my mouth shut to the degree that I can and allowing them to work as a team because I think it's more meaningful. And by the way, it's also a lot of fun for them to kind of figure things out uh, as a group. Uh, as a side note, I also bring, I've, I've built, because of my podcast, Be That Lawyer, Steve, I've also built one of the largest databases of legal experts in every area of law, from technology and automation to leadership, marketing, et cetera. So I have the ability to bring in some top level uh, experts to talk with them and give them, you know, some, some advice directly rainmakers that are doing 20, $30 million a year coming in to speak to these groups and giving them not only the, uh, the, um, the motivation, but also here's how I did it. You know, it's pretty cool to hear. So there's so much value in these roundtables um, that, uh, that I just, I just love running them. And I love, I love just, I, every time I, I hang up from one and they're all done by zoom, you know, I just have a big smile on my face. Cause I just know everybody, got value. I know everybody enjoyed it. And I know that um, it wasn't all about me teaching and coaching. It was really about me sitting back and just facilitating a great meeting. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, in my experience as a 
a participant in roundtables, the times that I would come and contribute something, you know, somebody had an issue, somebody had a problem or a challenge, but I had the solution. So often it was something that I did really well and it was successful. And then I forgot and quit doing. And the value in it for me was in being reminded that, oh yeah, I had a solution for that. And I need to re-engage with that tactic or that strategy. And, you know, and just going through that again and having the opportunity to share it with someone else takes your level of, of mastery to that, not only awareness that, hey, I should be doing this, but also the level of mastery up to another level. And and I, I've always found that part incredibly valuable. Yes, the feedback that I got from other members, the things that I took away was great, but it was often it was when I was bringing something to contribute to the group that I actually walked away with the most value. Yeah. And there's, there's an element to our groups uh, that I love. It's called the spotlight. And one individual in the group will bring sort of their toughest challenge. Uh, let's say uh, it has to do with uh, how do I how do I personally build my brand outside of my law firm? So people know me as the lawyer, not about my big name firm. Okay. So as a hypothetical, okay. And then everyone will ask, you know, a dozen, two dozen questions to ferret out every detail about that problem. And then once we've done that, then everybody chimes in with their suggestions and then at the end, the, the attorney has to say, hey, look, out of the 10 or 12 suggestions that were offered, here are the three that really resonated with me that I think I can actually execute on. And I'll get then I'll report back in a month what I did. And then it's amazing all the things that they execute on and how different their life is or how different their, um, you know, their challenge has kind of gone away because they had a month to really work on it. And now they're accountable to this group of professionals to kind of share, hey, hey, they're not showing up and saying, you know, sorry, guys, I, I didn't do anything with it. You know, oh, well, they're not doing that. They, they know they got to they got to they got to come to play. And so they're coming and saying, I did this. I did this. I did this. And this is all changed. Now I'm now my brand is out there. I'm a LinkedIn expert. I've got a book with Steve, you know, whatever it might be. And it's like, wow, what a what an absolute joy to watch that type of transformation and that type of change happen in just a short amount of time. But, you know, the group is also so, so supportive of that, of that for each other, that it really makes a big difference. Yeah. And I, that accountability is huge. You know, it's one thing to work with a coach and have some accountability there, but what I've found is that it's easy to blow off a coach. Yeah. Well, right. Because <laughs> depends on I the mean, coach, but yeah, depends on the coach. But I, I think for, for some people, they come to it with this idea, well, I'm paying you. And if I decide not to do something, okay, fine. When you come back to a group of peers, there's a different dynamic about it. And it's because it's not one-on-one, -on -one, there's now this public piece to, you know, kind of coming back and doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. And even if it's just a group of five or 10, you come back with that many, you don't want to be the one that comes back for that month's meeting, not having done what you'd committed to before. It's just yeah. a little bit, I don't know, there's a little bit more urgency and importance, I think, around coming back and and, and having progress. And, uh, and that has always been, for me, something that has driven a lot of success through those groups. And so I'm, I, I think it's awesome that you're running them for attorneys, uh, I'm sure the attorneys that are that are a part of the group would, uh, if they were here with us, would be uh, shouting at, at how much value you know uh, they get out of it. Uh, but uh, uh, how would people find out more about uh, about the groups? Where can they learn more about uh, getting involved in, in one of your peer groups? 
Yeah, sure. The fastest way is just to go to my website, which is simply my last name.com. So fretzin.com, F-R-E-T-Z-I-N.com. From there, you'll see lawyer coaching and skills training, and you'll see another tab that says peer advisory groups and just click that tab. And I've got, I don't know, it's it scrolls down, but it's it's a lot of content about the value and testimonials. And I'm happy to you know, evaluate someone for that group. If they're interested, I'm happy to introduce them to clients that are in the group. I even on occasion have some uh, some open sessions, even though they're confidential groups. Um, the group says, hey, you know what? We're interested in bringing in a, in a new attorney or two and we'll open up a, a meeting to have someone join us as a guest. So there's lots of different ways to explore it, but I think the best way is to start with my website. That's awesome. We will link uh, directly to that page in the show notes. So if you're listening to this on a podcast player, look in the show notes, the link will be there, or you can find them on the show notes on the authoritybuilderpodcast.com website. Steve Fretzen, thank you for sharing some of your wisdom with us today. And uh, for all the attorneys listening, they've gotten, they've walked, been able to walk away with some great approaches to asking for referrals. And I think some real wisdom on the value of being involved in, in a group of your peers to help move your business forward. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Wonderful time. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bring in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.